Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. 
On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for hopping on. Today, I have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guest. Her name is Chef Annette My White. Say hi to everyone, Annette. Hello, people. How are you doing? <laughs> well, actually, I should say my because I've always actually been calling you my, and uh, I know you're particular about your name, so... I'm not particular. It's just I'm used to hearing it that more so now from my family. I have a nickname. They call me Sunshine, but Maya is what I'm more used to. <laughs> I have to use the net for professionalism because it trips people uh, up and until they hear my voice. And then they're like, oh, she's a black girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but Annette no. kind of tr- trying to, you know, kind of fool them a little bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I am excited for you to be here. Um, this is our season closer uh, episode, and I'm way more than ecstatic uh, for you to be and jumping onto the show. You and I have had a lot of uh, great discussions, and uh, we just kind of found each other virtually. Um, and I don't know about you, but that's you know a third, if not half, of my guess of how I find them. And uh, for those of you who don't know who she is. Uh, Chef Annette Mai White um, is, she's many things. Uh, She is that veggie girl is (laughs) her brand. She's a holistic chef, teacher, health and wellness coach. Uh, She is the host and creator of Less Veg About It podcast. And she's also on the creator of Veggie Yabe. And she is a wonderful, wonderful human being. And she has a fantastic story to bring to you guys. So how are you doing today? What is up? How's it going? Well, I've been doing my intermittent fasting. So I'm just like right before we came into here, I had like a juice with some chia seeds. So I'm feeling super amped up right now. All those electrical currents are inside of me. And I'm like, woo, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, let's go for a ride. Let's let's take it to it. So um, so yeah, so let's start off. Um, I love asking about Uh, my guess about this question is give us a snapshot of your story. Your story is very colorful as are your creative expression, how you bring your energy that I know you as, but for those of you, for those of the audience that doesn't, you know, know who you are, take us a little bit about how you got to this moment from A to B, you know, you're many things. You wear a lot of hats. You're an educator, teacher, chef, speaker, and entrepreneur, But, you know, take us back a little bit. How did you get to this point? This was never the plan. And I think it's funny saying that because I've, you know, being in the entrepreneurial space, I started my first business when I was like nine years old, but it was never the plan to even do anything in the world of cooking. My uncle is a chef and he really did not want me to do it at all. He did not want me to go into the health field. He did not want me to go in the cooking field. He was just like, it's not for females. It's not what you need to do. And so two of my favorite things growing up when I was a child was cooking. And also teaching. So I used to get all my stuffed animals and I would like teach them a lesson. And then I would go in my little fake 
play kitchen and make them lunch. So <laughs> it was it was my my passion even at an early age. But coming into this world of holistic wellness and food as medicine only really happened when I had a personal health crisis. And for me, I knew once I got healthy, going back into my old lifestyle and being a regular elementary school teacher was no longer going to work for me. And another thing on top of that is just like when you're coming into a new environment, you're starting from scratch and, you know, having an education background was one of those things of like, how do I excel in this environment? So I really got into a place where it was like, okay, I need to know how to do motivational interviewing. So I need to, you know, get a coaching certification. I, you know, food is very important to me and I want to be able to instruct people and teach them how to make not only sound nutritional choices, but also how to cook and really be their own personal culinary wellness lab creators at home. So I went to the process of getting, you know, training um, as a holistic chef. And then I love working with kids. So I wanted to be able to do stuff with kids. So I was like, I need to be able to get certified and teach, you know, classes specifically for children. And so you kind of go in a lot of places for me. I'm an education junkie, but it was a little bit of an insecurity coming into this field because it's like, okay, all my life, I went to school for education. I've been, you know, nannying it throughout college and then going into the school system, that was what I knew. So now it's like you're starting from scratch, rebooting all over your career. And it's like, how do I do this? So I was definitely trying to learn every single thing and trying to figure out how to carve out my path in that place. And and when you're doing things, it's like there's not really a blueprint for what I was specifically wanting and desiring to do. So I was you know, doing that on the job training and learning from different experiences I was having, different mentors and just, mm-hmm. you know, branching out. And then it's like you you find something you like, one aspect in holistic wellness and then you're like, oh, I like doing this. And it's important being an entrepreneur that, you know, being an entrepreneur kind of sounds like you have ADD because you're always having the pivot. <laughs> <laughs> and and people were like, oh, she she got problems. No, but it was a situation where I really wanted to be the best and I really wanted to make a difference in certain areas. And so in order to do that, you know, being in this place and when you do like clinical stuff, you have to have training. You can't just show up and right. say, hey, I want to do this. And so that allowed me to do different, you know, different things um, in this entrepreneur world. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, you can't stay in one place. You do one Mm -hmm. thing and it may work out. And like my first year of coaching, it was great. But then like October, November, December came and I had like no traffic. And it was just like devastating in the sense of nobody was thinking about their health and wellness. So it was like, okay, if I'm only going to be working nine months out of the year, then I have to be able to figure out something that I'm doing in October, November, in December to be able to support myself because I can't be in a situation where I'm not making money and just waiting for January to hit and where everything pops off and people are ready to get focused into their wellness. So you have to be in this place where you're constantly upgrading. So that's when you're, you know, start doing podcasting and then I start doing speaking. And I said, when I say this is never the plan, it's like, you know, you hear my voice and I'm energetic when I speak, people tell me that. But as a child, I had a severe stuttering problem. And my teachers would tell me like I had speech, excuse me, speech pathology coming to me on a weekly basis at, you know, for like third grade and fourth grade and then in fifth grade for once a month. And they would always say, you know, 
when you get big, make sure whatever job you have, you never speak. Just make sure you read a lot and you're very smart and intelligent when it comes to books, but don't have a job where you have to speak to people. So mm. now in my so life, right. So now it's like, that's what I'm saying. This was never the goal. I was always in a place of like shy, didn't want to be in a situation where I would start stuttering or, you know, just people weren't able to understand me. And I really had to take something that was a negative into a positive. And it's like, now I make money because I speak. So it's a, it's a funny, right. funny, weird thing and place to be in. How, um, how, how, what is the length of this holistic wellness journey, um, you know, professionally so far? It hasn't stopped. <laughs> like, when you learn certain things, like, you know, initially when I first came out into the holistic wellness space, I was doing um, family wellness and children's classes. And then it pivoted and I started doing, you know, holistic cancer cases and consulting on cases like that. Then I went into doing women's wellness and it was really, really focused on women's wellness issues, but started in that in that space of women's wellness issues, really seeing that everybody's issues were trauma based and stress based. And so then I started pushing, learning into other holistic modalities that I could incorporate into my practice. And then I got certified as to, to be an EFT practitioner. But then it's like you want to learn other things, not just with food, but also doing with EFT. So you take more training. So I'm like, my last training, I took my most recent training and certification was like six months ago. And then mm -hmm. I just got certified to teach um, ketogenic, plant-based ketogenic diets and, you know, regular keto. Not that I would ever do that because I would always do everything plant-based, but I did that because I saw the benefits for mood disorders and, um, also when it comes to dealing with inflammation as well. So I would say the journey has not stopped. It's been like the entire yeah. time that I'm doing it because, you know, the, the scene of the world with nutrition is constantly changing. And so it's like you have to have continuing education as an educator. Every yeah. year you have to have hours and it's a requirement yeah. or you can't step into a classroom. So that same viewpoint is something that I've had that like you have to have continuing education hours and there's a certain amount of hours when you're in a you know holistic clinical space that you have to have every year in order to keep everything on the up and up so I still yeah. am taking classes and I'll be taking some more classes in November and December on sports nutrition so yeah. <laughs> yeah no I totally I totally resonate with that and I echo that the same because as a physician you know we're we're not only required to maintain our certification and license and, you know, all that jazz, but, you know, we, it's kind of like our part of our oath, you know, in, in addition to do no harm, we've also signed up for a pathway of, you know, a lifelong, you know, lifelong student in a way, you know what I'm saying? And, but at least for me personally, you know, I would be remiss to say that, you know, I knew everything or, you know, like once you're done with school and training, like it never stops. So I get what you're saying. So, you know, for me, you know, similar to you, it's like, you know, you have a certain goal um, and you run into certain things where you feel like, okay, I can do more. So how do I find the tools and education to get me to helping this demographic or helping this issue? You know, so it, it, in a way, it's kind of like, you know, you don't just 
accumulate knowledge just for the sake of accumulating knowledge. You want to do it to help as many people as possible. And that's the thing. So like when you're in the education space, you go to school specifically for like, okay, I want to do elementary education or I want to do middle school or high school. So your, your path is kind of carved out for you. Like, okay, I can, I'm certified so I can teach from this grade up to this grade. So, you know, you can like pivot that way. But with this, it's like, you're learning new things. And you're like, you know what, these people need help with this. And I really don't know what to do. Or you're being mentored by somebody and they're like, why don't you know about this? And why aren't you taking classes in this? And then you delve into it and you're like, okay, well, this more aligns. I would say now, though, I'm in the place where I finally have my niche, which is really important when it comes to holistic wellness, because it's exactly what I know I'm being called to do. And it's one of those things where it's like, I was making decisions based on what people thought I was doing, what I, what they thought, what they thought I should be doing. Like, okay, you had cancer, so you should be doing this, or now you should be doing this. And I was like, okay, well, it's making me money. So this is what I should be doing. And I wasn't not happy in it, but it was draining because every time I was having to do situations like that, or, you know, work and coach people in those circumstances, I would be re-traumatizing myself about my cancer journey. And how hard it was for me. And I remember I was talking to my sister one day and I was just like, oh my God. She was like, you are so depressed after you help somebody and they're healed. And then you're having to go into recovery mode because all of their sadness, all their sickness, and you're having to support them through the process. I'm remembering what I went through. And I'm like, I can't keep doing this. And it was hard because it was like, I had built up myself in that area. And so there was doctors that I just were used to calling me for stuff and help this patient or help this family member or, you know, so I felt like I was like cheating on people to say, Hey, I have to pick me and I can't do this anymore. And it was a really difficult thing to switch up and to leave that space and, and, and come into what I'm doing now. But it's like I was at podcast movement, not the the one we miss meeting each other at. But I was at another one. And one of the speakers, um, Patrice, said, you have the courage to do what you're being called to do. And I remember she looking at me and I just boohoo cried. I was like, no, no, I know I am a girl. I can't do it. And I knew for the last two or three years what I needed to be doing, but I was afraid to do it because I was just like, it's going to be so different. It's going to take me time to build things up, but it's like, you have to trust and you have to push those things forward and then everything else will fall in place. But it's hard to have that faith, especially when it's like, you know, this is what is taking care of you. So, yeah, I, um, there's so many things with that. So, I mean, similarly, it's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of pieces uh, at play because what, what I find interesting with you is that, you know, you started off you know, very, very early interest as a kid, you know, you had a stuttering, quote unquote, you know, stuttering issue. Um, People were telling you, uh, you know, not to speak, whatever you get into. And then for whatever reason, you know, this is where you are. And then you also have your health journey, which I want to go into in a little bit. And then, you know, and then you have, you develop this gut intuitive sense of like, okay, this is what I'm being called forth for, you know, how to, uh, how do I bring myself to the best of my ability, um, you know, pretty much like get to my A game to be able to deliver 
what I was meant to deliver. So there's so many different pieces and I wanted to hear, I want to hear, um, you know, how did you navigate it? You know, was it because, was it through like trials and tribulations through your own self exper uh, experiment phase? Um, if you went through something like that or, you know, like how did you feel like, okay, this is where, you know, mine needs to be right and not where someone else wants me to be and how do you make that decision for yourself like okay you know this is who i am this is what i'm being called forth and this is what i'm supposed to do well you're you're a health you know we're both health experts you know we teach people about health and in wellness and i was not thriving pardon the pun in my life <laughs> i wasn't i was everybody else around me was thriving and you can't take people further than you have gone in your own journey. So I would see situations where I was having like, people were like, okay, I need to leave my job, but they wouldn't leave their job. Or I need to leave this bad relationship, but they wouldn't leave the relationship because it felt comfortable and safe. Or I need to start dealing with my depression and anxiety issues. And they, you would, you know, coach them through this process. They're like, mm, I'm not ready to do it. And then I was like, okay, well, they aren't doing these certain things because I'm not. And I can't pull them into that, that, that situation if I don't do the self-work on myself. You can't just be in a place where you're like, you know, doing the surgery on everybody else and being fantabulous. And then you're not doing, you know, they're being fantabulous in their lives and you're not doing that for yourself. And so right. for me, it was a situation where I, I started seeing certain benefits that had happened to me once I started utilizing food as medicine, not just, you know, surviving terminal cancer, but the emotional aspect, you know, my sleep improving, um, not having anxiety, certain things were just fixed. And I never thought about it because I had functioned in that deficiency for so long. And then once you start understanding it, you're like, okay, how many people are living their lives like this, where they're functionally depressed, they're functionally anxious, they have PTSD issues and they're not dealing with them correctly because they don't have the nutritional resources to recover from what they've been through. And so once I had that understanding and started doing more research and started reading so many more books, then I started getting training in, you know, stress and trauma and, you know, niching down and specializing, but I still wasn't practicing it in my practice because I was just like, oh. I don't really want to do this. So I would do it with, you know, some of my, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients and, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to talk about EFT. I'm not going to talk about, you know, essential oils. I'm not going to talk about any of these things. I remember the first time I wanted to talk about EFT on my podcast and I told my mom, she's like, oh girl, they're going to think you're crazy. Don't do it. And I'm like, <laughs> and this is the thing that we all do in our family to manage stressing. And she's like, yeah, but people don't understand tapping. They think it's weird. And I'm like, but it was what was necessary. So I constantly was doing this self-denial. But what I would see is that when I was happiest, it was when I was dealing with people that had those specific issues and being help, being able to help them recover and, you know, get the tools that they needed to, you know, go forth and be great in their lives when it came to emotional and mental wellness. And I was like, those were my happiest days. Those were the sessions I looked forward to. I didn't look forward to doing sessions where it was like, okay, this patient has like, they need to get a transplant, but they can't get one because they're so messed up and all these different things. And it's just like, oh gosh, here we go. I got to like, you know, yeah, help this person. Yeah. And you're doing your job, but it wasn't what 
made you happy. I look forward on my calendar to seeing like, yay, I have this PTSD client and I get to talk about all these cool things and tell them all this stuff that they don't know and it's going to help them so much. You know, I didn't want to deal with the other stuff that was was so consistent. So it was a situation where it was definitely fear was keeping me back for doing it. But once I shifted, oh my gosh, Colin, it was insane mm-hmm. how everything fell into mm-hmm. place and not just when it came to my practice but also for me how I felt and mm-hmm. how I was you know really thriving yeah you know going forth hey guys we're gonna be taking a short break but don't go anywhere we'll be right back Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole food, plant-based approach. And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is whole foods plant-based. And I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long. And you'll be able to finish this in an hour. You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, on Listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of Listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes, and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening. And now back to Thrive Bites. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. I think I think what I like about, you know, you is the fact that you it seems like you've developed a good keen sense of self-awareness mm-hmm. um, from a very early, early, you know, stage. And you also have good support systems, you know, and you know, and, and we'll get into the personal health journey, but like, you know, with you know, a lot of people don't have that, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's important. So it, it doesn't matter what the tools are. It doesn't matter what kind of, you know, decisions and choices that we make. And, you know, you can throw all these types of educational, you know, tools and, you know, strategies at them. But if they don't have the actual awareness of where, you know, they are in life or where they need to get to or, you know, how they are, you know, in this world, it's, 
you know, it, it's hard to kind of give them the tools, you know, uh, without that. So for you, it seems like you have a very, very good, you know, fundamental foundation early on for you to, you know, to be able to help as many people as you can, you know, you, you have a natural rapport and natural gift, you know, to be able to relate to people. It's just, you know, with the health journey, as we're about to find out, and also, you know, with all these different things coming up, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to, do a person, you don't want to give a patient or client, you know, a disservice if you weren't practicing them yourselves or you don't feel like you're up to par with it. Right. Yeah. So take us, um, take us, uh, you know, through that personal health journey, you know, obviously you don't have to go to explicit, you know, uh, details, you know, I, you know, I have, you know, a glimpse of it. Um, but what was it like? What did you have to deal with and what were your biggest learning lessons from it? Oh man, the lessons are probably the best thing. Um, really the, the, the first and foremost thing is learning to listen to your body and not ignore signs and keep asking for help until you get it. So why I say that is that I struggled with health issues probably my entire life. Like I was in and out of the hospital all of probably like fourth grade up and it was one of those things where they would say, okay, we're going to pump you full of this and you're going to have, you know, you have an iron deficiency. That's all it is. And then I would go home in two days. Then when my menstrual started, I would have like crazy cramps and it was just like, I would, you know, have to be taken to the emergency room because they were so intense. So I had health issues my whole life, but it's one of those things that when you're sick a lot, people don't necessarily know what's wrong with you. And so when they can't find anything wrong, wrong with you, they say that there's nothing wrong with you. And so that's what I, what I now know, it was just because I had, you know, had some stressful things that happened to me early on in my life and never dealing with those things, being in a place where you're functionally anxious, where you're functionally dealing with, you know, certain things that you experience and they're causing, we know that when we're stressed, it causes physical responses. It causes physical health issues. That's why we have a a world of people now that have all these autoimmune conditions and they have this emotional and mental health component that they're not addressing. And then they're seeking comfort Mm -hmm. from things that are causing them even more toxicity. So every time I was stressed out, I would just eat tons of fast food. I would do all these different things. And one thing that was like, when I got into my twenties, I was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease and I was actually happy to be diagnosed with Crohn's disease because I was like, yes, finally I can call all these people that said I was a hypochondriac and tell them I have something, but I was misdiagnosed. That wasn't, wasn't, that wasn't really what my health issue was, but you're grappling at something just because you know that you're not well and you want to be in a well, well place. So Being in this place where you know something's wrong in your body, but getting intimidated by the medical community, the thing that I would say that is really important for people when they struggle with health issues is to keep going until you find someone that really wants to do a deep dive and support you in that process. And if you're you're having people tell you that, you know, nothing is wrong with you and you know something is off in your body, you know, asking for, you know, advocating for yourself and saying, hey, can you test all these things in my blood work? Like I never had like my vitamin profile like ever tested. And then once I got diagnosed with terminal cancer, it was like I was low in everything and not just like a little bit low, Colin. It was like, how are you walking? 
Like, <laughs> we don't really understand your body. You need an IV hole with you right like, now. Like, forever. Like, all the days. Like, you know, they're like, you shouldn't, your heart should not even be beating. That's how deficient I was in so many different vital um, minerals and vitamins. And it was showing up um, all over my body. And so I had this digestive issues. I struggled with insomnia. I had mood disorders. So fast forward, I ended up being diagnosed with terminal cancer in my late 20s. And I was diagnosed with a very rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the biggest lesson I would say in that journey, in that process is that, you know this, is that food is fuel. And you're, Mm -hmm. you're either using food to start fires in your body or put the fires out. And Mm -hmm. without a doubt, 1000%, 1000%, not 100%, 1000%, everything that I was eating or drinking was starting fires in my body. I was give us, give us, give us some examples. This is how bad it was. Two things. I drank so much sweet tea that when I would go to this certain fast food restaurant, they knew my voice. Um, and because I was just had to be fueled by sugar and caffeine. And when I came into my classroom, my first graded classroom, and I didn't have a sweet tea because it was too much traffic or something, the kids would be like, oh, no, it's going to be a long day. Miss White don't got her. Her don't have her drink. We ain't going to make it, y'all. We ain't going to make it. That's how bad it was. And then I was, you know, eating microwavable meals every day for lunch. Then if I wasn't eating something microwavable for dinner, I was going through a drive through Everything was carb-based, sugar-based, fried, dyed, and laid to the side. It was no air fryer time back then. There was no Instapots. Nothing was being, I mean, I cooked on the weekends, and I would make really good stuff, like, on Saturday, Sunday. And I would say good stuff, meaning that, like, it, it didn't come from a box. But it wasn't really good nutritionally sound stuff. And so I was definitely, you know, activating all this toxicity in my system. And so it, it stands to reason why I end up having cancer and it being so severe at a certain, you know, at a young age. The other thing I would say during that process is that you have to be extremely rigid when it comes to having self-care and self-care comes in so many different facets. It's not just physical, it's um, mental and emotional. It's, it's financial, financial self-care is important because if you're spending money on, you know, you know, crazy things and you don't have the money to buy healthy foods, um, having boundaries and relationships. And so I did not have any self-care wellness routines, plans or nothing. Self-care for me was getting my hair done every two weeks and getting my nails done every two weeks. That was what my definition of self-care was. There was nothing going on when it came to pursuing anything holistically sound whatsoever. And I was functionally in this toxic state, but I was able to work. I was able to do all these things. And then I had to hit the pause and reset button because, you know, I had a terminal stage for cancer diagnosis. And so the lesson that I'm still learning is still to be rigid when it comes to self-care, which a lot of people don't do. They're not pursuing sleep. They're not working out. They're consuming what's quick and what's easy, which is all these things that I was doing. Right. Um, and it's like, you're in this constant struggle, even when you have the education and knowledge like myself to right. prioritize taking care of yourself and not have this viewpoint of doing stuff so for me is a selfish thing to do. But when we don't take care of ourselves, we end up in these toxic places. And people now, they'll talk about self-care from the perspective of like, oh, take a 15-minute break 
and meditate or 15 minute break and watch something funny. No, it's way, way deeper than that. It's way more serious than that. And you have to be at it just like it's your job. And it has to be such a job, Colin, because in the sense of if you don't have self-care as your real full-time job, nothing else falls into place. And I know that may sound crazy to people because they're just like, no, I got a job, job, girl. I'm like, well, you can have a job, job, but if you don't do your self-care, you're not going to be physically well, emotionally well. You're not going to be spiritually well. You're not going to be socially well. You're not going to be financially well. You're not going to be well at work. None of those things are going to function. You're going to be showing up in a deficit in every single aspect of your life if you don't have extreme self-care. This is where, you know, and I thank you for sharing that. Um, You know, this is where I've talked about my mom um, here and there and on other people's podcasts as well, is where, you know, she was such a great, um, you know, she was great in many things, but the biggest things that she hit home for me and my sister, I have a younger sister, um, was that if you have, if you don't have health, you don't have anything else, you know what I'm saying? And that's how I've approached how I practice with my, you know, patients and the people that, you know, I educate and teach is, you know, I don't care if you are a homeless person or a CEO billionaire, Mm -hmm. like if you don't have your health, nothing else matters, you know? And I agree with you hundred, a thousand percent, not just physical, but mental, emotional relationships wise, you know, and also financially wise, you know, everything across the board. Um, so it's very important, you know, I'm curious in terms of, you know, how did you, because no one, no one wakes up or no one is educated about self-care, you know, like growing up all, all my, you know, schools did not teach this, right. My medical school did not teach this. My, you know, residency training did not teach this. I had to figure this out along the way. And I had to figure out that it was such an important thing. And I had to choose to prioritize it as number one. So for you, was it the diagnosis, you know, that you, you decided to change and, you know, prioritize self-care? Was it how, you know, you were feeling like what prompted you, you know, to get onto that journey? It was the diagnosis. And what happened afterwards is that I had a health coach that was my accountability partner and he was very, I would say rigid. Um, cause I'm that way now too, about, journaling and keeping track of everything. So I would have to turn in like daily reports to him and weekly reports to him. And it was like the most annoying thing. But then at the end of the week and the end of the month, I would see like, wow, look at all the healthy foods I consume. Look at all how much sleep I was getting or how much sleep I wasn't getting. And so looking at that, it kind of became a future blueprint for myself which is when I don't track and do stuff like that, then I know when stuff starts to go off balance. And it's really Mm. important to stay in that place consistently. You know, doing gratitude journals is important. People will do that, but then they don't, you don't know what you're having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then you're not eating anything that's nourishing. You're not eating anything that's going to help you deal with the stress of the day. Then you're not able to fall asleep because of all these things that happen throughout the day. And then you're like, okay, well, why, why, why am I looking like this? Well, when was the last time you worked, worked out? It's like, oh, well, I have a gym membership and I went there and I did this, but having that like set thing, like, okay, you need to have this amount of fruit and veggies every single day. How are you going to get that in? You can figure that out. And so once you're in this place, it just becomes your routine and it just became who I was. And it was like, when you go backwards, you see, I never did any of this. 
I never thought about what I was eating. I just ate what I wanted to eat, like whatever was convenient and quick and tasted good. And that was the plan, like working out. Mm, I did that in college, but like I'm now <laughs> like, you know, it was kind of a social thing, but it wasn't like a priority. It's like, you know, you're like basketball, volleyball, uh, field. Day. What was, what's all this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, like that wasn't a priority. Like, please, like, you know, I mean, and everything, what I realized too is that self care for me at that point had to be internal and not ex- external things. Like, people think right. self care is like, oh, I got this new purse. Oh, I got my hair did. Or they have right. these things that they can touch and look at. And they're like, that's how I feel good about myself. But it's right. just like, okay, but you have high cholesterol. Your hair is falling out. You have, you know, leaky gut issues and you have, a you know, all this pain all over. But I got this purse. Like, what? No. Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, what are we talking about two different things right now? Like, what are we doing? That is not what we're doing. And so it, it became a situation where I knew what I didn't do to um, get into that health debt that I was in. And it was like, okay, I can't go back there because I literally had to claw my way back to health. And it was touch and go. There was times in which it's like, well, this is it. I mean, I remember they told my mom, like, you need to start checking out hospice centers. And my mom was literally looking for places for me to die. Um, Mm. And it's like, okay, now I'm healed. Wake up. Right. So it's like, okay, what is it that you did wrong to get in this position? And what are you going to do to change it now? Like, who are you? What are you going to craft out for yourself? And that's when it was like, okay, self-care has to be my new obsession. Like, yes, you still have to work. You know, some people are married and they have children like, oh, I can't fit it in. But it's like, okay. All the things that you've put priority on, when you are out of the equation, how is that going to be okay for your husband, your partner, and your kids? So it's like, why are you not doing that stuff for yourself on a daily basis, on an hourly basis? And so it wasn't something I was taught to do. I mean, I grew up in a single parent family. Like even the word self-care, my family was like, who, what? Is that like a shampoo? Like what you talking about? I don't know what that is. (laughs) It wasn't something that you could say to any mother, definitely not a single parent black mother, because that's not what they do. You just struggle and you keep pushing forward. And yeah, yeah, make- yeah. Self-care is like getting that, you know, getting the bills paid, getting the rent right. on time, <laughs> you know, putting clothes on your back, you know, just shut up and let me just, you know, whatever. Right. So that wasn't something that was even, even like, even now, like my mom will have self-care days. And I said, what did you do on your self-care? Girl, I watched the best shows. I ordered some of the best you know, smoothie drinks. I ate raw. And I'm all like to hear her say that she spent 10 hours binging and relaxing and had aromatherapy stuff going on and ate all raw vegan food for the day. I'm like, do you know how crazy that sounds to me? When I was little, yeah. it was like, uh-uh, eat this food and watch this TV show. And I'm going here and watch my show. And that's it. That was like, that was it. So it's like, you have to like reroute and reprogram your brain because if you don't yeah. do that, you stay in this stress inducing sick mode and it's just not worth yeah. it. Yeah. It ain't worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a lot of things. I mean, it's redefining what we mean about self-care. And I think it's more like, you know, I think people don't understand it because it's more of like a trend or a hashtag or a buzzword. And that's really what it is. And, you know, what we mean by that is taking care of yourself. And one of my fair analogies is, 
you know, we don't travel as much, but for those of us that have been on the plane, when you go through a security protocol and the oxygen mask drop down, who do they stay to put on the mask first, you know, you or the person next to you. And, um, you know, you got to take care of yourself, you know, before you take care of others. And so that's the thing, you know, whether you are a single parent, you're a community member, you're a healthcare professional, um, you know, anything, parent, teacher, everything, you know, because we are connected and we are interdependent to everyone. And so you're going to be affected or influencing someone else. So you have to take care of your for, uh, yourself first as priority. Um, but I don't, you know, I, you had to go through a health, health journey in order for you to realize these things before you started to pursue these tools. And I don't want, you know, we would not want to wish this on our worst enemy. Uh, but, you know, take, for example, you know, when this airs, it's going to be 2021. And that's already crazy. But, you know, when we look back in 2020, you know, the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, you know, I just did an episode on him. Uh, and how he became a very young individual that passed away from colon cancer. And so, you know, you don't, I don't want to wish this on anyone where they have to only have a cancer diagnosis or only have some serious health condition to wake up to do these things, you know, and I focus as much as I can on prevention, um, you know, and hence, you know, the purpose of, you know, one of the reasons of this podcast, but you know, we want to prevent these things from happening, right? I wouldn't want that, you know, I wouldn't have want that, you know, to happen to you, but because of it, you've learned so many, you know, lessons and, you know, thankfully you're still here and, you know, you know, and I'm super glad about that, but tell us the importance, you know, just to kind of wrap it into the next question, you know, from your perspective, because you, you do so much with food and nutrition and from a culinary perspective, why is it, that it's so important, you know, um, from your, from the lessons that you've learned that, you know, why is it so important from a culinary perspective that we have to get this right in terms of what we put in, into our mouths? You know, not only that, what we put in our mouths, but also that we know how to actually cook, you know, it's such a basic skill set and it's a life skill, but people really don't know how to cook because we have so many convenience options. And so it's like, you know, you don't know how to just not work with cans or work with fresh produce or work with something from the frozen section. And the thing is, is that nutrition and the wellness connection, there's not a correlation. Like, I don't know about you, but in my school, I took foods class and I took cooking class. And all we did in those classes was talk about making tacos and making burgers. So it's not just, you know, knowing the importance of like food as a necessity and something that we consume, but also knowing what the foods that we're consuming actually can do. That's one thing that I love doing on my show. And I get emails and DMs from people. And they're just like, I had no idea asparagus did that. I've always hated, hated asparagus, but I never, they say they hate a vegetable and they've never eaten it before. And so it's like, there's a lack of education when it comes mm -hmm. to what foods actually can do for you. And then even once you learn it, you may have never been exposed to using it in the kitchen and how to you know, make it work for, for, you know, you and your everyday life. And so it's so important that people not just be watching like cooking shows, but they, that, that health and nutritional education has to be 
delve down into such a deeper aspect. And even like with all the health courses and nutrition courses that are offered, like in, you know, middle schools and, and, you know, elementary schools, some a little bit, and, you know, really in high schools, it's nothing like what you learn when you're getting certifications or what you learn when you're in college, you take a nutrition class. They really don't delve into what food actually can do. And like, even for me, when I really started studying stuff, it was an emotional thing for me, Colin. I know it sounds crazy. Like I literally was crying because I'm like, okay, a radish can do this. Like what? Like all these things, you know, like, you know, I need to be using this bell pepper because it has more vitamin C and like there's girl bell peppers and boy bell peppers. Like what? Like what? I didn't know that. And so people get into the situation where they have all these health issues and they go for these band-aided situations, not knowing that what they're doing daily is causing them to be in that state and stay in that state. And so if we want to have non-toxic natural resources that are actually super cheap, we have to learn about them. And I say that because when I do the comparison of like, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, you had to like, on my health journey, I had to get like certain things like a Vitamix and a juicer. And that meant that my mother had to sell her car because I did not have the money to get these things. I had a garage sale, sold all my handbags and all my cha-cha heels. It was very, wow. it was really rough, but I did all that. It was hard because he was like, you know, $5. I was like, $5. No, no, no. I can't do it. But I did all that so that I could get all the tools I needed in my kitchen to help myself heal, but also so I could buy, you know, large amounts of the produce and the stuff that I needed to eat. And so it was so much cheaper in comparison if I had went the conventional route. One, I would have spent over a million dollars and I wouldn't have survived. Here it is. I spent like not even... 5% of that amount that I would have spent on conventional treatments. And it's like, I'm here and I'm thriving. So it's like, I, there's, there's, a, there's a gap when it comes to education. And for me, that was the thing that was frustrating being in the education space and knowing so many things about educating children per se, but not knowing anything about food, you know, learning that, you know, all my students you know, weren't able to pay attention in class because they didn't have enough healthy fats in their diet. And then you see these kids that all are getting diagnosed with ADHD and they have attention attention deficit disorders and all these issues. And it was because of what they were consuming. So we're not educated enough about food as medicine. We just have no idea what it's even saying that even saying the, the, the verbiage of culinary medicine, people are like, who, what? That's a, that's a medicine. Yeah. They don't even know those two words go together. And then like, yeah. I said it to one. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Just like even food and medicine together, that doesn't even make sense to people. Right. You know? And if we set ourselves up to not only have this education, but then also learn how to do these things. Cause it's like, you get in this place where you're doing this semi homemade life and it kind of looks like it's healthy, but it's not like where you're making that box meal and you're like, okay, well I'm getting this lean Turkey and I'm going to put that in there and that's healthy. And then I'm going to have like, you know, some greens on the side, but it's like, okay, you just had a, a box product that is full of sodium, full of, you know, processed carbs. Yeah. You did use this lean base, but it's going to cause you digestive issues because you didn't use any healthy spices. You just use salt and pepper. People branch out. Don't just do salt and pepper. And then the other thing is that 
you're not doing anything new. You're staying in this rut and you're staying in this place of doing what your family has always done. And that's how you always get these generational health issues because everybody's making big mamas, whatever it is. And that gets handed down and, Oh, we, this is our family potato salad that has 80 eggs and two jars of mayonnaise. Like that ain't normal. That is not normal. (laughs) Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something. Something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences, Uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process and learning about life was also a process and a practice and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice. For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by... Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She has given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month 
at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. T H E C H E F D O C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So, so that actually leads into that actually leads、uh, nicely into my next question. Is you know my next question would have been you know what do you feel is missing、um, you know for them to take back their health? And a lot of it is stemming from education, right? So my flip side to that question to you is in a perfect world. You know, when we actually have that education, what does that look like? You know, you could talk about in terms of grade school. You can talk about it in terms of you know、uh, medical practices. Like, what does it look like? You know, in your eyes, if you had to envision, you know, for us to be quote unquote properly educated, like what needs to happen? I think people need to be educated on how to use food for emotional and mental wellness, and not be. In this place where they're using band-aid situations, not to saying that you being on prescription medication is not okay, but people don't really really know it's not readily available in the sense of like it's out there, but it's not something people are searching for because they're not being taught that. And so it comes to the place where you have to have it from a trusted person, and most people trust their doctors. They're used to being told stuff, so it's important that there be doctors' offices that have like. Health coaches, or they're producing content where they're having newsletters, or they're making sure that their patients are、yeah. getting educated in classes and stuff like that, which is something I've done a lot in my practice and partnering with doctors. It's like you're writing their newsletters, or you're doing a monthly nutrition education class, and it's one of those things where people, you know, the doctor is paying you, but all these patients are logging in, and they're like the emails and how shocked and horrified people are because they had no clue. I mean, like. Just recently, I did a class on、um, how to recover from trauma because we're in this place of you know 2020、um, currently right now dealing with this pandemic, and so many people are being traumatized by the stuff that they're seeing on the news, and they're like, you know, I can't sleep, I don't feel well, and I'm like, okay, well, when you're traumatized, you secrete out a lot of vitamins and minerals, you secrete out B vitamins, you secrete out ma- magnesium very quickly, you secrete out. Vitamin C and people are like, oh, vitamin C is for immune system wellness. They're like,、mm, it is for immune system wellness, but it's also for recovery from stress and trauma. And so then when you break that down, they're like, okay, well, I need to go to so and so and start like taking like tons of like you know, Flintstone vitamins. No, no, no. <laughs> you can do all this stuff at home and at your grocery store. So like the things of what that looks like is that there's patient education, meaning、right. when you. You're having this situation with your doctor, and you're having nutritional education classes. That you know, doctors themselves are getting this training, and they're either doing grocery store tours with their patients, or they're having a health coach do grocery store tours, tours with their patients, and they're doing like cooking demos. And they're, you know, that's something that I've done in the past in my practice, where I was just teaching cooking classes on a monthly basis for like a group of patients. Like, okay, these are the heart patients, or these are the people that have women's wellness issues, and so people are able to get. That education and have that accessibility. I think when you see it in a school system and that structure, it seems like work. And when you're in a situation where you're dealing with someone and saying, "Hey, like, do you want me to prescribe you something, or you want me to teach you how to make this go away and not have it come back?" Most people are going to say, "Hey, I want option B." But、right. and they're already used to coming to the doctor 
to get treatment or to get help. So if you're able to come there and you're able to like, okay, Saturday, we're going to meet at such and such store and I'm going to teach you about all these things that are going to help your body thrive. And then you're going to learn in another couple of weeks how to actually cook it and not just be confused about it. So that's what it looks like for me um, when it comes to, you know, the educational aspect. And I know I'm like thinking right now, I just talked about vitamin C. So I don't want to like leave that on the table and not have your your audience say, what does she mean? What does she mean? So um, I'm not going to go deeply into the B vitamins and all that stuff. But, you know, vitamin C we know is an antioxidant, and it, but it's also doesn't just help fight infections. It also is anti-stress benefits in there. And it actually counteracts our stress hormones. And it has an extreme calming effect on our bodies when we have it in large doses. And it helps protect our brain. It helps protect our spinal cord, you know, against free radicals. But this is the thing with vitamin C. We think about scurvy when it comes to vitamin C deficiency, but we don't really think about it as a nutritional wellness resource when it comes to mental wellness, but it is. It helps you not have high levels of cortisol. It helps you not have issues like adrenal fatigue. But when when we have vitamin C, we think about orange juice. We think about, we don't think about it in a broader, broader spectrum. Like people really got vitamin C crazy once, you know, you know, COVID hit. But every time you go to the bathroom, guys, you release vitamin C out of your body. So it doesn't stay in your system. It, you know, it's, it's, a you know, a water soluble situation. So you have to be consuming it throughout the day. So if you're super stressed, you should be drinking vitamin C rich teas, like, you know, rose hips or hibiscus. If you're super stressed, you should be putting in your smoothies, you know, berries and, strawberries and having like, you know, in your salads, asparagus and avocados and making sure that you're having these vitamin C rich things throughout the entire day to help you deal with stress and help you be able to manage, you know, your emotions a lot better. Yeah. And that's why mother nature is so genius at what she does is that, you know, I think one of the biggest issues with nutrition um, is we have this reductionist approach, right? And for modern medicine, it's a pill for every ill. And on the flip side for health and wellness, that's, you can't, you cannot, let me stress that you cannot apply that same, you know, uh, strategy with health and wellness because, you know, it's not a supplement or diet for every condition, you know, mother nature's designed foods where everything is already prepackaged as a whole. And so to get, you know, what, you know, chef Mai is talking about, like, you you know, we don't want to just consume supplements. We want to consume, you know, whole foods as well. Yes. You know, there are certain things that we want to emphasize, but you know, we also want to get everything, you know, included, um, you know, when we're eating whole foods as well. Um, so I love this and, um, you know, we can talk about this forever. Uh, we could easily go like five episodes right now, but I want to, I want to close out. And, and this is one of my favorite questions to ask, um, you know, another essence of the show is, you know, two parters one, you know, what, it, what is it, you know, that makes you personally thrive yourself? You know, we've heard a lot about your journey, you know, your personal health journey, your holistic journey, um, you know, what give us some insights in terms of, you know, what else personally helps you thrive. And then, you know, I can repeat the second part of the question uh, later, but you know, the second part of it is, 
giving three tips to our audience in terms of how do we get started? You know, what can we do baby steps and start in, in terms of how do I, you know, start optimizing my health from your perspective? Very, very good. I love that question. Um, the first thing I mentioned this before, but keeping tracking, having accountability. A lot of times people say they can't have like a, a health coach or they're like, I'm not in a place where I really am into like social media and being into these Facebook groups. Track everything. Track your food, track your sleep. Ladies, track your cycles when your period's going to start when, you know, so you know that you need to be eating more magnesium rich foods before so that you're kind of more mellowed out and you're not having excruciating cramps. Track Tracking is what helps me thrive because when I look at things, I know how to fix it. In the sense of, oh, I've only been getting five hours of sleep the last couple of weeks. Okay, I need to change my work schedule structure so that I'm able to sleep in later or go to bed earlier. Or, oh, these three days I ate these foods, but I didn't eat anything else that was going to help me deal with my stress. Like, okay, I did not make hibiscus tea this whole week. So I did that. And then, I, oh, I had some coffee. Oh my gosh, this is why I'm feeling drained because now I don't have any iron in my system because when we're drinking too much caffeine, it stops your absorption of iron. So tracking is what helps me thrive because it lets me know where I need to make corrections and so that I can stay Mm -hmm. focused on my self-care. So track your workouts. It's not a situation where you're being obsessive, but it's your way to check in and do checks and balance with yourself. And once you do that, you're going to really see how you are either helping yourself thrive, or you're just surviving, you'll see, oh my gosh, I never work out. Oh my gosh. You know, I tell people like, you know, you've got to, you know, try to set the goal of having at least 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And people are like, oh, that's so extreme. And when my, my clients start tracking, they'll be like, oh my God, I only eat like two vegetables a week. And they're like, oh my God, this is why I'm sick. So tracking is what makes me thrive because I'm able to see where I'm doing well and where I'm not doing well. The three tips I would say that I would give is like, if, especially if you're trying to get into a healthier space, maybe eat more plant-based or transition to a plant-based life is focus on doing a remix or a dupe for one of your favorite mood, meals. I'm sorry. So if you so love you could do a remix of your moves too. <laughs> That's true. So if it's if you're a taco person, look for a recipe that is plant-based and veg forward because you can look for stuff that is vegan in quotes, but it's not nutritionally sound because it's using tons of like processed things that are in a box and it's like, oh, this is exactly like my regular tacos I get from so-and-so place. So make tacos that have like mushrooms and fajitas or make tacos that don't have those unpro- those processed plant-based meats and use like jackfruit. Or if you're super crazy, you can do something and you can make one of my favorite tacos and one of the most popular tacos in my family is my um, maple Brussels sprout tacos and it's mm-hmm. shredded Brussels sprouts, so bomb, so good. It happened by accident in a cooking class, and it's now one of my my family's favorite things. The second thing is always having some type of raw food component every single day. We need those electrical currents from raw food, so either making a smoothie or a salad. Some people are smoothie people. Some people are salad people, but that's one wellness upgrade that you can make that's simplistic. And you can do it every day, maybe have a salad every day for lunch or, be, you know, with, with your dinner or have a smoothie, you know, before workout or after workout. That's a way for you to get into that mode of putting, you know, nutrient rich, high alkaline ingredients into your body. And we need those raw foods. We need those electrical 
uh, resources in our system on a daily basis. And the last thing, this is the thing that I think people don't branch out and do, which is invest in one new superfood every single month. People are like, you know, they come and look at my pantry and they see all the stuff I have. They're like, oh my God, Eric, you got a thousand dollars worth of stuff in here. And I'm like, yeah, but it didn't start that way. You know, <laughs> it did not, I did not wake up and blink and be like that. And you want to find stuff that you know you need. Like if you have hormonal imbalances and you're struggling with those issues and you want a natural resource for energy, get, you know, maca powder. I mean, you're talking about in some stores, you can get it for like $6. It's going to help you with energy and hormonal imbalances. If you have a magnesium deficiency and you're really not into eating magnesium rich foods, and you don't want to be taking like tablets of magnesium, you know, put cacao in your smoothies. That is the best shake to have on your period, ladies, is to be able to have chocolate on purpose and then it help you with your cramps. And that's, again, like a six to ten dollar investment and something that you can use over and over again. You know, getting kale powder. If you're not a person, you get kale, and you always waste it. Make kale lemonade, you know, do camu. Camu is a vitamin C rich superfood that you can add to your smoothies, make a little shot glass of Camu. If you look at a lot of immune boosting drinks at the store, most of them have Camu in it. That's for a reason. So having something like that, or if you're a caffeine person and you're trying to change and you want your caffeine based product to actually do something nourishing and not just give you energy, you know, get and invest in matcha powder and start making your drinks at home and adding it to your smoothies and get on the tiki talkie with all the kitties and see how to make one of those, you know, cool superfoods into drinks. But like investing in superfoods is so important because it's a way for you to kind of hit that Mario Brothers power up button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure it's a mushroom. I'm pretty sure it's a mushroom. <laughs> But and, and, and it's a mushroom, so you know, <laughs> I got the mushrooms in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can do the powder mushrooms; those are good too. You need you need yeah. that beta glucan right now, so yeah, you could do that too. So it's all good. But it's one of those things when you're making a transition, you get overwhelmed by stuff, Colin. You know how it is. It's like you want to have all the things. Like today, even when it comes to us being chefs in the kitchen, we're like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need that, and so people kind of like don't do anything because they feel like it's so expensive. And it's just like once a month, invest in one superfood and invest in yourself and your self-care for five to $10 and see the difference of those different things that you have this Rolodex of nutritional wellness assets in your everyday culinary wellness lab and how happy you'll be and how much more you'll be thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. I mean, uh, I can't wait for people to check you out, you know, which, how do people find you? How do people track you down? You know, what kind of services do you offer? Please let them know. I've transitioned so much after this coronavirus stuff. And so I'm finally having, I'm really going to release my signature course in 2021, which is called Strive Over Stress by Annette Mai. And it's about how to use three different modalities to help with dealing with stress and trauma and recovering from it naturally, you know, employing um, food as medicine using um, aromatherapy and using um, the modality of EFT tapping. And I've had it in the beta version for the last year and a half. I do it one-on-one with most of my clients. I'm actually going to have a digital course that's going to be available in May of 2020. But in March, we'll start having group sessions of eight people that have had different traumas. I mean, during this whole process, I've been doing this in small batches like when you go to veggiesarbay.com you can see that 
And I have like certain books. I've done a lot of stuff with first responders throughout the quarantine. But as I was working with them, I was like, okay, you need to work on this specific aspect. And a lot of people don't want to make the changes all at one. Like it's 12 weeks, but it's like, oh my gosh, I can't change my food. I can't change this. Like, you know, they just want to focus on doing tapping because that helps them with their nervous system and calms them. Or they just want to focus on using essential oils and they don't know which ones to use. And then incorporate in you know their foods or just use and where to apply them and then some people want to do everything they want to like I need to learn the food I need to do this so there's small aspects of it in in many courses and many sessions that you can do for veggiesarebay.com but um in 2021 you'll be able to go to annettemy.com and um apply to be working with me one-on-one or also to be in the groups and with the groups they're going to be based on certain traumas and situations. Like I have a group that I'm going to be doing with doctors who've been doing the coronavirus. That's one of my first groups. I'm going to be working with um, victims of rape. And so that's going to be another grouping. So that's why I say you have to apply because I want to make sure that people have the same issues that they're trying to recover from so that you have a support network and a support base. But of course, also listen to my podcast. And by the time that this show comes out, you will have available to look for an episode for Man Crush Monday featuring Dr. Colin himself. It was such a good time that we had on that episode and you were just dropping some bombs. I'm like, I love, I'm an education junkie. So it was hard for me to be in the episode with you because you would just be saying stuff and I'd be like, yes. I'm like, you can't react like this all the time because it's like, you're getting, you're getting taught too. Like, you know, I, I'm teaching, but then you you would say stuff and I'd be like, mm-hmm, that is true. I forgot about that. Like, mm, I read that in a book a while ago. Like, yes, yes, yes. So those reminders help us stay on track. So I appreciate you, you coming on the show. And so y'all will be able to look forward to say Man Crush Monday, little cover will have Colin's face on it. And so make sure you support that episode because it was a good one. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And and similar to you, um, you know, it's nice to kind of, you know, receive, you know, people teaching, you know, as well and and you and you listening and getting your your goodness, you know what I'm saying, for that self-care. So, you know, I know that feeling very well and I had a blast with you. So, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, definitely check you know, her stuff out. Um, she has a lot going on and a lot to offer and a lot for you guys to really take your health to the next level. And, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me guys. This has been another episode, um, of Thrive Bites. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and thank you for listening to the season closer for season three of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu and stay tuned for next season's, uh, information and we will see you on the next one. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.